King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map Ball is life and that's a fact And a ball is life, about that exact King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map There's a time to score and a time to assist Ain't no YN team, let the winning commence From generation to generation, game don't stop The new and old school got the game on lock It's all legendary, it's all necessary We all been all stars before February And after that, King and Gates after racks But really trying to get some wins, not just padding stats Two basketball lovers through happenstance Built a bond that led to greatness that advanced BTG Nation, what's up, man? We're back here. What's episode thirteen? I think we're on thirteen. It's either thirteen or fourteen. One of those things. We we moving right along though. It's a little different, different time of the day. You know, we got a little bit more energy right now too. It's midday. Coach can't say it's three a.m. in the morning, <laughs> but we are here. And let me tell you guys. All right, everybody that knows what we're doing in Dubai, Hoop Mountain, Dubai. It's been a long 14 days. It's been a long 14 days. Like, like I, I know we, it might sound like an exaggeration, but the last 14 days have been 12, 13, 14-hour days in the gym with kids, scheduling with other academies, just doing stuff. Like, the as Coach loves to say, the, the work that people don't see or they don't like to glorify. Man, and so the pod has been a little stagnant with that, but we're back. We finally got our win. How you feeling, Big Dog? Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know it's midday, and I know you, you're saying I can't complain this 3 a.m. in the morning, but, man, it's a beautiful day outside, and this is like our only day off, man. We need to be enjoying this, but we we still working. This is work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot easier than with other It's therapeutic work, yeah, but it's but work. It's work. Cause it's got it. Cause consistency, right? Yeah. That's that one thing. That's the, that's the beauty of um, the lessons basketball teach you. Because we, how many times have you woken up and gone to the gym and worked on your game when you ain't really feel like doing it? Yeah. Too many times that I can count. Yeah, but eventually that thing always paid off, and so and you you've done it for years, right? And so just naturally you just know, even though you wake up sometimes you don't want to do something. You know, like man, I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta go, because at the end of the road, it's gonna be worth it. But in those processes, I don't know, man. I'm, you know, I'm almost fifty years old. I'm almost at the end of my road. Man, you know, it's different. You know, life expectancy is different. Age is different. Energy is different. We're here too. I think we just added ten more years to your life coming listen, to Dubai. Listen, man, what my mental capacity can hold is <laughs> it's, it's short. Man. Like no. my patience level, man. Yeah, yeah, your patience level is definitely short. And I I do see that with every as every um, group of a generation gets to the next stage of their life, you know you see now like like Shaq Shaq and Chuck is like the perfect example of on air of like they sick or something they gonna say it yeah right and that's what your generation is now It's like look we have been around long enough I'm tired of it and just what you gonna do to me now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what you gonna do now? But BTG Nation, here we are. You know, we're live and direct from Dubai. Um, Hoop Mountain Dubai, Hoop Mountain DXB. That's our that's our project. It's growing, it's doing beautiful things. We just had um a great hoop star shootout. So shout out to everybody who came and played well. 
Um, shout out to our younger ones, our, our, our beginner five through seven year olds. They're starting to show up and man, it's it's beautiful to watch the growth from the first time they play in like a, a group setting with team and how they're so scared and nervous and can't do anything. And then the very next one, they're all over the place. Yeah, the aggressiveness definitely uh, grows each time they play. Being able to see somebody go from not being able to make a left-handed layup to make a left-hand layup and, and you know, rejoice in their progress. I mean, I mean that's that's incredible, man. That's the thing that keeps you going right there. For sure. And the, and the joy. It's, you can see it on a kid's face. You can see them light up when they start to, like, understand. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then when they start to see, you can, you can be aggressive in everything in basketball. You can have all those things. It's fun. And shout out to the parents of those kids at the younger ages because those kids are dealing with a lot of emotions, new things. Basketball comes with a whole different set of rules and, and, and regulations. So their kids are learning how to manage emotions. And as much as we say some parents have to step out of the way, we got to acknowledge some of those parents who are watching and seeing the early benefits and they're not allowing their kid to quit because it's uncomfortable. Right. Right, we got to shout out to them because now they're they're seeing the fruits of that labor. Um, but here we go. It's been a well, it's been a wild time in basketball. We're getting closer and closer to March, and so when it gets March, springtime for college hoopers, this is when the school year goes by even faster because the basketball season is almost over. It's playoff time. You know, people start thinking about March Madness, but also you start to get some some awkward news <laughs> at times. And so last week I saw a headline about um, a New Mexico State coach. Um, New Mexico State's first year men's basketball coach, um, I believe his name is Greg Heyer. Yeah, maybe it's yeah. Greg Heyer. Um, he was actually fired this past week. And this comes after the team's basketball season was canceled. Like the remainder of the season was canceled. They forfeited everything. And that was a move made by the athletic director. Now, for me, I, I haven't paid much attention to college basketball news before, but how often does that happen to where an athletic director cancels a season midseason at a D1 school? I mean, it's, 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 very, it's extremely rare. I mean, you, you're talking about once in – 50 years that something like this would happen because there's just too much revenue involved. And um, for someone to do this, that means, you know, there's a lot at stake in terms of liability and uh, the integrity of the school. And, um, you know, someone's trying to get ahead of some, some major uh, implications that may come out down the road. Yeah. You know, well, some crazy stuff that we already know about, but think about the things that we don't know about. Man. Yet. Now, we talk about having a turbulent year. <laughs> now, these guys here in New Mexico State, um, earlier in the year, maybe early February, um, late January, there was an incident with a player on the team uh, involving a gun. They said that he was, uh, their, star their starting power forward was lured to campus by um, four other students, two girls, two guys, and, and he was eventually shot by somebody on campus in like a residence hall and he ended up he had a gun on him too shot town guy he had a gun on him too and he ended up firing back and killed the guy uh, police say it was self-defense obvious reasons but 
I mean, immediately when you have weapons, violence, death, anything involved with the basketball player, anybody as, as an athlete at Division One school, you are high profile. No, 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 no. Any division. Yeah. You're talking yeah. about a basketball player. True. On campus, yeah, it doesn't matter what division, division one, division two, division three, NAIA, yeah, it's still gonna be it's gonna be headliners, yeah. And so that's one incident, right? And then you roll around to another one. There are hazing things here, and so there are allegations of false imprisonment, sexual battery, sexual assault, and just overall assaults amongst players on the team. And hazing. And you know, um, for those who are not familiar with uh, American colleges or U.S. universities, their fraternities, um, and there are different practices that occur as initiations for those things. And over the years, as everything else has grown and become more informed, and we're starting to realize the um, the issues that come and more cameras. <laughs> That's the biggest reason. Right, right. More cameras. There's, you know, over the last decade, there's been a movement to make sure hazing is removed from frats and just anything altogether. And so here we have another allegation of one player who was harassed and hazed multiple times by teammates. And it comes out that there might be another player who's also having the same issues with their team. And so... Man, here we go. Yeah, like I said, if you think about it, there's one player that we know about now, and they said there may be another player, you know, that's coming out soon. Think about previous players that have been there. So we don't, we have no idea, even before this coach got there, what type of environment this has uh, been at New Mexico State. And, um, you know, we, of course, we don't condone hazing, but we know that it happens as an initiation. And before it to happen multiple times, then that means there's just, you know, no uh, institutional control there. Listen. You know, so that, you know, ultimately, you know, that comes back on the coach and coaching staff. Absolutely. So the campus police report, right, it says that the players involved, they wouldn't, they didn't say their names, they won't add those, but there are three members of the team held down one player, removed his clothes, exposing his buttocks, and began to slap him. And then they also said that they, they touched his scrotum. And then on top of that, they said that this incident occurred several times since last July or August, including more inappropriate physical and sexual touching by the teammates in the locker room and on road trips. Just those descriptions, that just starts to get you a little off, right? And this is a first-year coach. Now, this is another thing that I say is he, 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 he inherited it a lot of those guys. Right. You're a first year coach, it, probably about three or four years until you get your guys in there. And so you're coming up and these are the guys that are already there. That's the culture that's already established. And you know, a lot of things you don't know because you, you, if you get there in the summer, what's the first thing you got to do? You got to get on the road and recruit. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of things that just going to pop up throughout the year that you're going to start to realize. But you know, going forward now, they some false imprisonment king I, like <laughs> like this just some stuff like you locking people up in rooms or something right, and right. this is after the and then more evidence came off the shooting right to where the gun and multiple pieces of evidence may have been tampered with right by coaches and staffers yeah well there was i think i 
I got a glimpse of the article, and um, some of the article mentioned that uh, the coach advised the player to leave campus for a minute until things cooled down, even though he knew that investigators were trying to communicate with the kid. Yeah. So right then and there, like, coach being fired may not be the – may not be his most uh his biggest mm, problem right now. Yeah. He may have some other imp- uh, uh other incidents that uh, he needs to uh, account for because uh you know, you can't advise somebody to to lay low for a minute, you know. That's that sounds like a mob boss. Man. You know what I'm saying, just get out of New York for a minute, you know, lay low, come Yeah, back we're going to send you to um Arizona, <laughs> right? And and then when we look at that, right, cuz he came from junior college, right? Yep. And man, we've talked about that hustle before, that struggle before. For him to finally land a head coaching job, yep. <sighs> big time job too. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I mean, of course, you know, I'm always pro coach, but n- not in you know these incidents like incidents like this. Like, there's, I mean, what can I say? You're right. I can't defend it. Right. You know? Right. It's just so unfortunate because we've talked about this before, right, King? When you become a coach and your livelihood is based on the temperament and decision-making of 19, well, let's say 18 to 25-year-olds now, ooh, that's a big gamble. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a big gamble. And so when, when parents see you in the gym and they see you know, how discipline is the first thing that's implemented in kids, period. And if you don't want to comply, you got to go. This is why. Yep. <laughs> this is why. Like, what What type of what type of money do you go from making when you go from JUCO to D1? I saw somewhere in his, um, they were talking about his some of his contract uh, structure, that his base salary is $300,000. Um, you know, so you, you look at his overall package is probably around 600000 a year. You know, because he's, you know, radio, television, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's going to do, uh, you know, uh, promotional appearances and stuff like that, his endorsements. So, you know, let's just say his salary probably tripled or quadrupled leaving junior college. Like that. Know? Yeah, with the opportunity to move up, mm-hmm. you know, at New Mexico State. You know, you have a two or three good seasons there, then next thing you know, you're at a, yeah. you know. Um, Missouri or something like that. Yeah. Now, with that being said, your money goes from 15,000 dirhams to <laughs> 75,000 dirhams a month. Right, right. All you got but the what's was what it's based on is performance, right? What and, and it's not just play too cuz sometimes I think you can look at some schools where a coach hasn't necessarily maybe they haven't won a title in the conference in a while, maybe they're once every three years they get a tournament appearance, but their job is never in question. Right. But that's because it's things off the court that he's, that his program is doing. Right. right. What kind of things are those? Well, one one you're, a lot of times your your some of your bonuses uh, are tied to academics mm-hmm. and how the kids perform in the classroom, um, and definitely. Um, the integrity and character of the program. You know, how do you represent the school? How do your players represent that institution when they're not playing? And so, you know, people take that into consideration. You know, are your are your kids getting better in their four years with you? Because like you mentioned, mm-hmm. some of the guys who don't have stellar seasons year after year, but they keep their job, it's because the administration knows that they're doing a good job. 
you know, with the players that they have. And, um, and that's all they're concerned with because, you know, unfortunately, a lot of schools now have become, um, you know, athletic performance driven, but, you know, the uh, sole responsibility of, you know, universities is supposed to be academic. Absolutely. First, you know, Absolutely. But, you know, so some people, some people look at it like, you know, what is the coach doing overall? And let's judge him by that. And yeah. um, not, not just by wins and losses. Man. So when you look at that and now you're thinking about it, like we just, we were just yelling at our kids yesterday about <laughs> commitment, right? Consistency. And then also like starting to retain information. Yeah. But that's expected. Right, right, right. Those are those are the battles that you expect to fight. You prepare to fight. You almost you got a contingency plan for all of those. You got a you got a new way to shake things up to get them together. But I got to deal with hazing. <laughs> I got to deal with somebody walking around campus with, with a strap. Right, right, right. Like I, I got to deal with sexual assault rumors. I got to deal with this. I got to deal with that. And whatever happens is going to be on me. Right. Even though I'm not with these kids, I'm with my family at night. Woo! Yeah. That's why it's it's so important um, based on who you hire as your staff. Ooh. Because, you, you know, you're supposed to have a certain amount of uh, grad assistants that you trust that are responsible. Um, you know, your second, third coach. Hey, man, unfortunately, that's part of their job, keeping a, a you know, a pulse on the, you know, campus and and what the guys are doing outside of practice. You know, uh, I just think back to times when I played in college, you know, um, we did some crazy stuff, of course. Yeah. But most of the time, there was somebody on staff always keeping a watchful eye on us. Yeah. You know, and you know, and, and then I also was fortunate enough to play for um, some, some head coaches that, you know, were always engaged with us as well. So, you know, yeah. this sometimes stuff like this, um, it's where coaches get so caught up in being CEOs Oof. and kind of remove themselves from the, the lower tier um, responsibilities and it comes back to bite them. Man, man, that's, that's dangerous right there. Right. And so, man, that's probably one of the worst basketball programs like in history now, <laughs> just the, the, uh, one of the worst years for a basketball program right. in history sure. in, 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 in D1 history. And it's, it's wild that it's happened now, but man, unfortunate. And then you look at guys out there that deserve college jobs, <laughs> you know? And so let's- Ivan Thomas. Man, first on that list. And so um, that's just something interesting to look at. But before we get into our NBA update, because it is NBA All-Star Weekend. Um, it is NBA, well, I don't know what else is going to happen. It's dunk contest time. It's three-point contest. It's all that good stuff. The trade deadline was crazy. <laughs> and so we'll get into that. That's what mainly the episode will be about today. But I got a, um, I, I found, I saw a quote on Twitter. Twitter, with this new upgrade with Elon Musk, you get like a, a 4,000 character limit on what you can write on stuff if you get a certain profile, whatever. I'm not doing that. But um, a reporter shared a quote from Steve Kerr about AAU basketball. Um, and you and I had just talked about um, a quote that I had seen from Kendall Marshall's dad about um, coaching your child's team or, you know, whether it's AAU or high school and how that can be a hindrance. But 
I think this talks about the overall issue with the game and how it's affecting um, the growth for later. And so Steve Kerr says, even if today's players are incredibly gifted, they grow up in a basketball environment that can only be called counterproductive. AU basketball has replaced high school ball as the dominant form of development in the teen years. I coached my son's AAU team for three years. It's a genuinely weird subculture. Like everywhere else, you have good coaches and bad coaches or strong programs and weak ones. But what troubled me was how much winning is devalued in the AAU structure. All right, before I get to the second half of that, because there's a lot everywhere, right? Just that part alone. So AU is Amateur Athletic Union for all those here in Dubai or on the side of the world that are that aren't familiar. And what we have in America is um, organized sports, like an, a complete national organized sports entity from ages of what? I mean, seven to eighteen. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd say seven. Like seven and under the eighteen, um, and you can compete nationally with the best teams around the world, I mean, around the country, in basketball, and then they also have it for football, soccer, and everything. And so I guess we can speak to how AAU was for you growing up, too, because AAU was still prevalent for me. Going into my 11th grade year in high school, that's when the shoe company started to take over and divide stuff. But AAU was still heavy for, for me most of my growing up. Yeah, well, the shoe company has been in there for a while. Anyway, that's just yeah. that's just how it goes because they're they're gonna anything in, involving um, high level sports they want to tap into it. That's yeah. just the bottom line, and mm -hmm. they want to be everybody wants to say I'm first. Um, but AAU when when I was coming up was was strictly about development mm -hmm. and exposure, you know, and so you know everybody wants to be in front of all the college coaches as much as possible, but there you there weren't many coaches that would just have guys come together and not have some sort of structure, some mm -hmm. sort of discipline and teach some fundamentals of the game. And, um, you know, like there are today, there were some coaches who just, who did the opposite of that and just got a collection of talent and said, Hey, let's go play. But now it's, it's just running rampant, man, where, where guys just, you know, don't even see the kids during the year. Don't even have any, contact with them during the year don't know how they're doing academically how they're doing in the community how they're doing at home in terms of their um just how their behavior is going and they just get these guys and give them all the all the shoes and hmm. gear that they want just to you know entice them to come play and have them show up and just get together and play yeah you know and, and see what happens and um you know like steve kerr mentioned about you know devaluing it you know the concept of winning and losing the games the right way, yeah, guys would go play six games now in one day, and they could care less if they went 0-6 as long as they had 20 each game. Man, and you know? I, I can remember the first time I found out about AAU and what that tryout was like. I don't know if they have that same energy no more to where a team holds tryouts and everybody has to go through the first, second cuts, and you got to go against sir. You go shirts versus skins. Yeah. <laughs> You're going through the skills drills. Then you play. They putting out some concepts in there. Like I remember, because this is how it happened, right? This is how organic the game was. Then I was just tall. I, my mom wouldn't let me play rec league because I was getting in trouble in school and I wasn't doing. Um, my work was always good, but I was getting in trouble because I would be bored after I finished work, right? And so she wouldn't let me play rec league. 
Um, rec league is a great local thing that allows everybody to play. Everybody gets minutes and all those good things, but she wouldn't let me play. So I was always outside playing, or if I was in a rec, I was playing in an in-house rec league in the summer camp. And so there was always a couple local guys who cared about the kids. And there were some people starting some teams. And so they would go around to all the recs in Alexandria, see who could play a little bit, and be like, hey, we got tryouts coming. Handing out the flyers, <laughs> right? Come out for a tryout, you know? You don't have to pay for the tryout. Right. They're doing that these days, making people pay $20 to try out, yeah. right? And so we go on a tryout, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, yo, what? What is this? This is, this is dope, right? Never played nothing really organized before, just on the street playing. And I go to my mom, and my mom was like, shit, you know, I can't drive there, but a couple of my friends were going to the trial too, so we all get in the car together. And, and originally, my boy was the one who was excited about the tryout, but he was a little shorter than me. So you know everybody, I'm, <laughs> I'm tall, so he, he gotta get his big ass in the gym. So we go to the gym, we, it was in the OTC called The Barn. It's the it's OTC, they had something called The Barn. It was downstairs. It was gray. It was hot. No AC. Like, you got to open the door out there for it to come in. And it's like 60 of us trying out. All of us playing. You don't know who's doing what. Coaches mixing you up, playing around. You don't know who's getting picked. And then at the end of the, the weekend, coach sent a message to your mom. It's like, yo, we want him to play. But but that that was like, that was different. You know what I'm saying? It was organic. It was just hoop. And then everybody who didn't make that team, they ended up going to play for another team. But you stayed with that team the entire summer. Right. And most likely, you stayed with that team for the next two, three years. That's why we ended up winning states in TC. Because what most people don't know is that um, I was on a younger age team. Trav, uh, man, and everybody was in the same program on a higher age. Glenn and those guys were in the same program on a higher age. And so everybody from G, everybody who we were playing with, we were playing with each other since we were like 12. Mm. Playing with each other, uh, watching each other go to Florida, go to different places and all playing together since we were like 11, 12, and all of us knew. And everybody from Alexandria kind of, that was like the first time it was getting together and we was mixing up players. And so, and it was regional. It was like the music, it was regional. Like the Virginia guys played a certain way, the Memphis guys played a certain way, DC, Maryland, like everything, North Carolina, New York. And so AU was a different, a different space then too. But I remember just immediately the tryouts, the field, like outside, like fell in we, love. We, you said there's 60 guys trying out, but like the guys who didn't make your team wouldn't play for other teams. Not everybody played on a team though. Yeah. AAU was a little more selective yeah. then. Now, Everybody, there's a team for everybody now. Yeah, and matter of fact, it was a second division. It was called YBOA. Mm -hmm. YBOA was the other tier of, um, at, at a certain age, all of us play AAU and YBOA. But when we got to like 13 or 14, there was a distinction of here's the AAU crew and here's the YBOA crew because mm -hmm. it's a different talent. It was almost like D1, D2 type thing, right? And so they tiered. so everybody had a chance to play but you had one was more of a space that was like, you ain't ready for that speed yet. Because mm -hmm. AAU, it was more national. Like, you got to win. You got regionals. You got all that type of stuff to where they section it all so you can make it to the national stage, right? And so that was, mm -hmm. that was like, exciting to see. But we practiced, like, three, four times a week. Yeah, it was serious, <laughs> yeah. And you had to be there. Yeah, we had to be there practicing. Yeah. And so the second part of what – um Steve Kerr said, these days, teams play game after game after game. Sometimes 
Winning or losing four times in one day. Very rarely do teams ever hold a practice. Some programs fly in top players from out of state for a single weekend to join their team. Certain players play for one team in the morning and another one in the afternoon. If mom and dad aren't happy with their son's playing time, they switch club teams and stick them on a different one the following week. The process, the process of growing as a team basketball player, learning how to become part of a whole, how to fit into something bigger than oneself becomes completely lost within the AAU fabric. And then I'll add to that, now people are putting more weight on AAU than high school, so some people don't even care about what their high school seasons are like because they feel like they're not going to get recruited from that. Right, I mean... It's wrong, in my opinion, but they do have a point in that. If you think about how short the recruiting season is for the uh, college coaches to get out mm-hmm. and actually see the talent, um, you know, so it makes it it makes AAU more valuable because now co- coaches can go and see everybody in one spot yeah. and make the most of their time, you yeah. know, and be a little more efficient. Um, so it's part, you know, NCAA, you know. Parents, you know, grassroots coaches, you know, and and players. We're all we're all we all play a part in this in in terms of you know accepting some of the blame because uh, um, it's not just one entity that runs everything. It's it's a you know combination of of everybody wanting to be a little bit. How can I say? Some people being proactive, some being a little greedy, yeah, and being a little selfish. So um, you know, it, honestly, there isn't. I don't see anything changing in the near future unless um, something comes down from the NCAA. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's hard to. I think now is at the point to where it has to evolve into something else, right? To where we have to build on what's already there because you can't completely change, like you said, because it's too deep, billions. It's too it's too deep there. Yeah. And so it gotta evolve into a a new thing. Like it gotta go to a next level of of business, pretty much. Because I just I just heard the um there's a there's a black guy who runs the Nike EYBL League. Mm-hmm. Right. And I heard I gotta find it one day. But I heard him talking about it and he was like, Look, I'm basically Adam Silver. <laughs> like, cause each team is represented by an NBA player. That's who conducts this stuff. And so I got to make sure that rules are together, that people aren't switching teams in the middle of the year, that there's a practice schedule going, that there is some development happening consistently. Like all the teams that are supposed to be playing are playing when they're supposed to be with the scouts here, the money is getting distributed properly, all of those different things. And so with that being said, we got to make sure people don't get left out too. Like, do you remember your AU days? Like, when you once you hear us talking about it a little bit, do you remember those days, man? Like, that's some that. of the purest. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, more so than the playing, I remember the times we spent staying in hotels or staying at coaches' house. Team dinners. Um, or, you know, us driving in vans to different places to play. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I remember all that stuff, man. That Those are times that... Um, are you going to be etched in my brain forever? Man, forever. But that's where you start the love, right? Like most people that know me from um, um, from the from the crib, they remember that when I first started playing, like maybe my first year or two, 
I was playing on a team called Virginia Pride. And it was we we were really really good, but I didn't get much playing time. Not because I couldn't hoop, but you know, I was just getting on to the scene, learning how to play. And as soon as I started playing, King, we was thrown in the fire. <laughs> we was going to Texas because our owner was like, Rich, we was going to Texas. We was going to Kentucky. We was going to Ohio. We was going we was going everywhere. Florida. We were going to New York. I remember going to a game and playing. And I think we might have been like in the Bronx at a rec center. And they shooting outside. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just eyes wide open. <laughs> and this is a different era because our coaches are betting on the games. You know how that go. We 12, 11, they betting on the games. And so I used to, I, now that I look back, I'm like, Yo, why are they so wild? Like, you better stack on some 12-year-olds. <laughs> so that's why we had to play against some 15-year-olds or 12 and under, right? But the game was different. But I rode the bench. I was on a pine. Like, I, I sat on the bench, cried about it when I went home, like upset, just didn't know what to do. Mom was like, you ain't going nowhere. You better figure it out. But that helped me the rest of my time. Right. Because we get to TC, right? And this is just for people that know the story. I wasn't in the plans initially for for the uh, plan on the uh, varsity team. I missed out from freshman year doing something crazy, but I had to find a way into the rotation. But I was taught early that in basketball, there is always a way. You just got to focus on finding it. Right. Right. right? And so <laughs> that shit right there, man. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I miss that for people because that's how those stories develop about those un, underdogs that become big dogs now. Mm-hmm. You know that perseverance and resilience that's built. Yeah, listen, man. If everything is given to you, there is no story. Come on, so, <laughs> come on, man. That's a that's a bar. <laughs> you know, that's you know, there's no you know ups and downs, no persevering through it you know just it was just given to you it's just vibe yeah, it's, it's, it's just vibe yeah right? and so we I, I hope to see that you know um especially as we try to build something within the gcc um and, and work on some things to grow because man that stuff is so important and it's vital for basketball you know once people get to see that and get communities involved it's changed. There's no competition, right? Um, before we get into this NBA deadline, trade line, trade deadline, and all-star stuff, Abu Dhabi and Qatar just said that they are looking to purchase NBA teams. Really? Oh, wow. Wow. And this is uh, a couple months back. I forget who it was. It might be uh, Darko Milicic, somebody. Um, Spain player who played in the NBA as well, who said that, you know, I would love to see the Euro League in Dubai. <laughs> I'm just saying, by the time we hear about any speculations or rumors, it's already been months in the works. Oh, for sure. Oh, <laughs> and for so, sure. you know, when, when the Abu Dhabi games happened with the NBA, we knew what time it was. Yeah. But well, let's talk, because my wife was asking me, so that means, are they going to bring a team here? Mm-hmm. I was like, nah, you know, Qatar owns half of England. Right. And what what football, Ellie, what football team do the uh, Qataris own? Is it Liverpool? Do a fact do a fact check for me and see which which team that they own. They own one of the top football football clubs, as they say, in, in all of the EuroLeague stuff. And so whatever that, the Premier League or whatever. And so it's Qatar or Abu Dhabi. Or both of them get a hand. You know they're targeting. Yeah. All right, they're targeting. They're targeting the Knicks to come. They they want to purchase the Knicks. 
Oh, wow. 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 MSG would be crazy then. Wow. Uh, what would that look like for us here? Wow. Mm. Definitely ex expose some people that aren't teaching basketball the right way. I take Ooh. that. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. How about it, man? How about it? But without further ado, let's get into the shit. NBA trade deadline, okay? It's comprehensive. It's a lot. There's a lot going on. It's a lot. And so let's start top to bottom, man. You know, I got the laptop going. Um, all right. So the biggest one, the biggest one, Durantula. The Suns land Durant in 14 dip. Suns receive Kevin Durant and TJ Warren. And T.J. Warren is a sleeper for that bench. And he was all, he already was originally a son before, too. Really? So, yeah, yeah. And so he was a part of that early young core with Aiden and Devin Booker. And then he went to um, Indiana. That's when he started torching people. And the Nets received Michael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Juan Pablo Vallette. He's a money guy to make sure the deal adds up. <laughs> and then one, two, three, four first-round picks. Five first round picks and two second round picks. All right. And then also in this trade, the Bucks received Jay Crowder. The Pacers received George Hill, Sergi Baca, Jordan, and Walro. Um, and Walra and three future second round picks and some cash from Brooklyn. Woo. Mm. Everybody Ooh. got better in that trade, though. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. The you buck know. the Bucks got Jay Crowder. They needed that. That's big time for them. Yeah. Sons, oh. let's 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 just say it. Title or bust. Yeah. That's just bottom line. Yeah. You know, cause they went to the finals without KD. Mm -hmm. So they got him now. Man. And I love this for Michael Bridges and Cam Johnson, because there's a chance for them to expand that game. And Michael Bridges just put up 45 the other night. Um, and so you're going, you're going, and they're young. So there's some good young pieces there in Brooklyn. Um, and they need a complete haul of just change everything anyway. But KD with that son's roster. <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking, how do you guard? Like we asked this questions about all, about all those big super teams that come together, but this one's different because you got CP three who, He's top three in steals in the league history, and then he's top four or whatever, three in assists all time. And he has, I think, I meant to her, Gilbert mentioned this, he has the best assisted turnover rate in, like, history. <laughs> so that means he always makes sure you get a good shot, right? Right. But then you got KD anyway, like one of the most efficient players ever. Devin Booker, you mid-range assassin. KD also is technically the greatest mid-range player ever, right? Like, like what basketball-wise as a coach, you're Monty Williams, King, what are we, what are we doing? Ooh, what are we doing? The question is, what can't we do? Like I said, <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you have yeah. you, you can have too many options at your disposal. Yeah. He's got too many. Yeah. Because you didn't even mention Aiton. Like, exactly. You know, because and we, I was going to get there because okay, okay. he's the one. Yeah. He's the difference maker. He's yeah. the one who decides what happens. Man. Mm. So let me read you that right. Let me give you their roster first. All right. Tory Craig, who is um he's a vet. He's like six, six, seven, six, eight. 
defensive presence, strong defensive presence, right? He was with uh, the Nuggets before. Um, can hit the three, crash the boards, but a really strong wing defender. Um, D-Book, um, Josh Okoji, who has been playing really great with the injuries. Like, he put up 30 the other night against, like, the Bucks or something. Great pickup, right? Um, and he's young, wing as well. Chris Paul, Damian Lee, you know, he came from mm-hmm. uh, what's he, name? He he's shooting, like, 41 from the tray. Um, we got... Uh, What's this guy's name? Jack, Jake, uh, Jack or Jock Lando. He's a big. He um got good hands, can catch, can finish. You got um, Ish Wainwright, big guy again. You got Landry Shamit, another body can score off the ball. T.J. Warren, Cameron Payne, Biombo, Bismack, um, DeAndre Aiden, um, K.D. Um, and then Darius Baisley, who's a young guy, is like six eight, long arms too. But then in the buyout market, they picked up Terrence Ross. Yeah, that was big. Big. That's big. He's big. Like, he's gonna be a good role player for them. Man, you talk about vet, yeah. and then you got KD. Like that team there, people gonna say their bench is not enough. I think their bench is pretty damn good. Yeah, their bench. Is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> bench is pretty good. And so, as you said, championship or nothing. Yeah. They don't, they don't make it to the finals. It's it's been a bad year. Yeah. So what about the Bucks though? So what what do you look at when you see the Bucks now? Because they added Jay Crowder. Just hey, listen, man. They just added more toughness. Mm. You know, they lost a lot when. Well, oh, it's my guy's name that went to the Heat after PJ. Before. Yeah, the, you know he's replacing him now. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. so that's and, and younger and more more skilled to an extent because yeah. PJ because PJ was just. You know, catch and shoot corner, great at it, but not too much. Yeah. He ain't driving to the bucket for nothing. Yeah, Crowder's right. a little, a little more skilled. Yeah, you know, but definitely that's that. You know, that's what they are missing, man. You know, when they won the championship, they should have never let him walk, just because you always got to try to run it back. Mm-hmm. You know, when you got somebody as young as Giannis, and um, you know, let them see what they can do, man. But yeah, they, you know what, they just did it. They just replaced him. So <laughs> crazy. You know, and KD, think about it, KD and um, Kyrie leaving the East. So the Bucks are the favorites again. Yeah. Well, let's let's get into it, right? The next trade, you know, not as large, but it was a is a is a is a good move. The Clippers picked up Mason Plumley and traded Reggie Jackson and um a second round pick for 2028, right? And so Reggie Jackson is a, is expected to be bought out and then going to the Nuggets. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And then the Clippers add Plumley too. Yep. Which that, gives them good size behind Zubac. Good size and hustle. Yeah, you know, high high IQ too. Yeah. He knows his role, and he can he make good, he can pass as a big too. The 76ers, they picked up Jalen McDaniel's, and now McDaniel's and his brother are two of the most promising young wings defensively. And so his brother is in Minnesota's nickname is Seatbelt. Yeah, Jalen McDaniels has the same type of length and can score as well. And then the Hornets pick up speed. But the biggest part of this is a four-team trade between the Hornets, Sixers, Blazers, and Knicks. The Trail Blazers receive Cam Reddish, Matthias Thibel, Matisse, Matisse Thibel, Ryan Archie Cano, I think he played at Villanova, and then a first-round pick from New York. And then the Knicks receive Josh Hart. Archie Diakono. Yeah, Diakono. Yeah, so Portland just upgraded their roster finally. Big time. With Cam Reddish and Matisse Thibel. Yeah. Yes. Finally. 
Um, and then the Knicks picked up Josh Hart. And I think that's a good pickup for them, too, um, because you don't really hear much about them having a guy as gritty as he'll be on the wing. He'll get in there, rebound hard. he do all that he extra defends. stuff. Defends he greatly. Scores. It gives you those deflections. And he can still score in transition. He can trade yeah. ball professional. Yeah, he he's a Tibbs guy. He's, yeah, he's, he's that type of player, and that reunites him with uh, yep, Brunson. With, uh, Brunson, yep. yep. And then the Clippers, Clippers made a big move. Um, the Rockets got rid of Eric Gordon, so Eric Gordon went to the Clippers. Mm, that was big, huge, scary. John Wall, Danny Green to the Rockets, and then <laughs> was it John Wall just talking about how terrible his it was. time in Houston was terrible? Yeah, but they're gonna buy him and Danny Green out. So both of them are going to be on the buyout market. And I'm a, I got a list for the buyout market, too. Okay. Um, and then the, the Grizzlies picked up Luke Kennard. Mm, that's big for them. Yeah. They needed some more length. And he can score. Yeah. yeah. He can score. Right? Um, now, the Celtics acquired uh, Mike Muscala from the Thunder and then traded Justin Jackson. Now, Muscala is a – I just watched the Lakers – if you watched when we lost to the Thunder, um, shout out to LeBron for breaking the record that game. You seen the big white guy that was knocking down the threes? Mm -hmm. That's him. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, kill it, torching us. They, he just went to Celtics. Mm. Mm, Celtics, quiet moves. These are little trades right here right. that are playoff ready trades. Right. That's a six nine six ten pick and pop who still rebounds and he shoots it at a high level too. Right. And so the Pelicans, they traded Josh Richardson. Um, they they traded for Josh Richardson and sent Devontae Graham and four second round picks to the Spurs. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, the Pistons, this is a big one. Pistons and the Warriors. And so in the uh, Pistons, Warriors and Pistons and Hawks, Sadiq Bay went to the Hawks. Gary Payton the second and three first second round picks went to the Warriors. So GP2 is back with the Warriors. And the Warriors sent James Wiseman to the Pistons. And then Kevin Knox is sent to the Trailblazers with five second round picks. I still can't believe they got rid of Wiseman. But listen though, King, there was there was a hold on the trade because GP2 didn't pass the physical. Right. And that's because the Trailblazers didn't disclose his injury as his app or whatever. He may be out two more months. They went through the investigation, and the Warriors said, fuck it. I'd still rather have him than James Wiseman. So what what's going on here? So that means there's something going on internally. Yeah. Because Wiseman can play. He's a talent. But if you're not meshing with, you know, the culture, you know, and, and what the coaches want of you, then you know, it's a problem. You got to go. Big time. You know? And I got to ride with the team that's been winning championships. Man. <laughs> now... Let's get to the next big trade, okay? Um, well, I'm going to go with the small ones for a second. Um, the earlier one that we talked about, Lakers getting Rui Hachimura and sending Kendrick Nunn, that was a big one for us. Um, the Heat trade Deadman to the Spurs for some cash. Um, the Kings, they added, I guess they added a shooter, but that ain't too big, but the the Raptors. And everybody was really big on the Raptors because they wanted to see where OG would be, Gary Trent Jr. They wanted to see about Fred Van Viet, some spicy P. And so Masari didn't trade anybody. He traded for the big man from the Spurs who a lot of teams wanted. And he said that he found out just how high value his players are. 
He was like, yeah, y'all going to have to come back at the end of the season. <laughs> Gangster move, right? Well, let's get on the one right here. Lakers trade Westbrook to the Jazz in three-team deal. Lakers receive D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt. Timberwolves receive Mike Conley, Nick, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and then a second-round pick from us, and then a sec- and two second-round picks from the Jazz. The Jazz receive Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones, a first-round pick, and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> that is for you, Rob Palenka. That is from me to you, Rob Palenka. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We got to give him his props. He did do a good job. He waited two years. <laughs> I mean, I think I think you had to because it's rough. Because you you if you step your foot in that, you got to try to make it work. Because you you signed him in the first place, right? Yeah. And so you can't go too quick. But we got him out of there, and then again we made another trade. And Thomas Bryant, as soon as we made the trade, Thomas Bryant complained about not getting enough minutes when AD came back. So we sent him to the Nuggets <laughs> <laughs> so he can play behind Joker. But then we picked up Mo Bamba and Devon Reed. And then we traded Patrick Beverly to the Mavericks. And then silently, the Lake, the Clippers picked up Bones Highland. And if you're familiar with the pod, last year I talked about how Bones is one of those sleeper picks when he's coming out the draft. And he is an explosive offensive player, and he's young as hell. I, that's a big pickup for the Clippers. That's a big one there. And so we pick up as a Lakers guy, we pick up Mo Bamba, Devon Reed, Rui Hachimura, um, Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, and Jared Vanderbilt. That's a whole new. That's a whole new team. Whole new team. Whole new team. And so, next trade, Mavericks add All Star guard Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris, and the Nets get Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith and some draft picks. Ooh, can <laughs> talk to me about the NBA trade deadline, man. This had to be one of the most um, dynamic years, you know, of the NBA. Ever. Just because almost everybody made some type of power move. Everybody that's a contender, so to speak. And um, this is going to be exciting. This is going to be exciting. You know, I almost wish that, I almost wish we had like 40 more games left. (laughs) 20-something. Man. We need to to see everybody have time together and – um, gel a little bit and, and buy into what the you know the philosophy is, but uh, this is going to be interesting because there's a lot of teams. You know, you listen to what you know you were saying about who the Lakers picked up. I could easily see them making the playoffs and making a deep run. They just got to get there, man, man. Well, and we'll talk more about this as the as the All Star break ends because we'll get to see, yeah. but. How do you think the Mavericks, how do you think that duo works? And as Jason Kidd, right, we talk about how does it work for Luka, how does it work for Jay Kidd? I'm not too concerned about Kyrie because Kyrie has played with superstars. He's played with the two greatest players in the generation, <laughs> right? He's played with, he played with KD, he played with LeBron, and his he was always able to adjust, and he's still going to get his numbers. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not so concerned about them two meshing together on offense. It's about what they're going to do on defense 
and then in clutch situations. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about KD and playing with KD and playing with LeBron, you know, um, the one thing those guys did do when in the moments they strapped up. Yeah. You know, and and Kyrie would he'd strap up when he when needed, but mm-hmm. Luca don't play no defense. Yeah. yeah. None. It's not in his DNA. You know, and he's more ball dominant than those two. Yeah. You know, because LeBron dominates the ball, but he's a willing passer. Yeah, KD, you know, KD, KD. You just yeah. give him ten shots, but, but Luca's got to get reps. Yeah, he doesn't get his reps up. He's in effect. He's I, we haven't seen him be efficient yet. Yeah, and so that that could possibly be an issue with them. Like, who takes over at the end of games? Yeah, you know, and, uh, that's that'll be interesting. But I think that's the perfect part because everybody talks about European players and how great they are and how much better basketball they are. They play a better brand of basketball. Well, well, uh, let, let me let me dead that right now. Nobody's saying that European players. They're saying. Some they're naming this guy, they're naming Joker. They ain't naming everybody. No, no, they making blanket statements like that. They making blanket statements because you know they talk about the European basketball is harder. You know they've been they've been saying that. Yeah, but, th- but that's, that's just that's a few people making claims about how the certain guys come over here and they're dominating the league. Yeah. If that were the case, then there would be more Europeans in the NBA. For sure. So don't so don't get it twisted. Yeah. And so but but this is the next phase of Luca's career. Because we've come on here and I've been, I heard it talk, I think Perkins or somebody mentioned it. We've come on here and talked about how Steph Curry gets picked on or has been getting picked on for years defensively. Right. But we can honestly say he may not be all defense, but he does make an effort. And it's different now. If you, You're going to have to work out. You can go and attack him again, but you're going to have to work for your bucket. He, he's going to be there and active defensively. Luka... That's their next. That's the next phase that the NBA is going to test you at. It's like, all right, we're going to see. We're going to start putting you in these pick and rolls and seeing if you're going to slide those puppies at the end of the game, or if we're going to be able to expose you to, and even more so now because you are six eight, you big, yeah. And so you know, it's not a small ball because you're huge out there. You got to make a bigger presence defensively. So, right, right. Um, that's going to be fun. And for me, I'd love the D'Angelo Russell pickup. Because that changes the flow of the game, and now that makes our bench even stronger. Because now Schroeder goes to the Schroeder goes to the bench. We got Austin Reeves on the bench. We got Mo Bamba on the bench, and then we got Troy Brown on the bench. And Troy Brown, he grew a lot in this year. Better three point shooter, a good defender, and Lonnie Walker. Dang, every time you say Schroeder, I think about it. money Turned down eighty four million. Eighty four, but he still might get paid from somebody. No, nah, no. Nah. Not eighty four. No, no, it's over. Ninety four, but he hey. still might get paid. Nah, because he only he's still in his twenties. Yeah, he, he might. Can't, he, ain't, he ain't getting that close to eighty. He ain't getting close to eighty, but he was still might get paid. And so right now the Lakers are only three games out of three and a half games out of the six seed. What's the, what's the remaining schedule look like? It says that we got the third easiest schedule. That's what they say. But when we get back, we got to play the Warriors, Timberwolves, Pelicans, all that back and forth. Um, and the Pelicans are still without Zion, right? We actually just beat the Pelicans. Mm. We beat them What's like wrong with a them? Dub. What's wrong with Zion? Yeah. Hamstring issue, they say. Mm. Yeah, he ain't going to be able to play more than 50 games a year. That's what I think. I think you, you reach it if you think it's any more than that. Mm. But hey, you know, it is what it is. And so... Um, man, basketball, that's, that's it. Right. But the buyout market before we get on to all-star break, 
the buyout market. You got Russ, John Wall, Reggie Jackson, who's already said he's committed to the um, Nuggets, Will Barton, sleeper, Terrence Ross, who's now with the Suns, Patrick Beverly, and Danny Green. Um, and then I've also just been added Kevin Love. Mm. <laughs> so you think about what can change the complexity of playoffs in this new year. Like, and people may laugh at me when I say this, but if I had a chance to bring Patrick Beverly back to Lakers, I would. I would. Mm. I'm not because they need some dog. They need some dog. And he don't care if he plays five minutes or 20 minutes. He's a dog. He's a dog. You know. Where yeah. where do you see, um, oh, yeah, also Nerlens Noel and um, Derrick Rose, maybe, and Alex Lynn, they may also be. Nerlens Noel, man, you talk about. Turned down 72. Man. Oh, my goodness. But um, they also could be on that list as well. Um but who do you think could be the biggest impact player from the buyout market? I'm, I'm not going with what Gilbert was saying in terms of Russ. I ain't, I'm, I'm not going with that. Honestly speaking, I'd, pr- I'd probably have to go with, like I said, I'm, I'm all about mentality. I'm going with Pat. Like I said, because like I said, Minnesota, look at the, look at the difference with, you know, in them with Pat and without Pat. Right. Because he just brings a whole different dynamic to the team, man. Some, You know, he brings what we talk about the NBA doesn't have today, which is toughness. Mm-hmm. You know, and that killer killer mentality. And that killer mentality, some people um, uh, misperceive that as being like scoring 40 every night. Nah. Sometimes it's diving on the floor for loose balls. Sometimes it's Taking trying, you know. And you know, you know, you know, the running joke is that Patrick Bev um, is out there playing hard defense, but he might get burned for thirty, right? But he makes you work for it. Work, you know, and that that's something that guys don't do these days, you know. And I'd rather have somebody out there like that who knows their role and they're hungry to win a championship, than have somebody who I know is probably four times as talented, but they take nights off and stuff. He he's a dude that just. He's thankful to be in the league and playing. Let me tell you this though, King before. Shout out to the Pat Bev pod too, because I do I, I am entertained. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course. But let me add this before you break down that. They say Seth Curry is gonna be bought out as well. Oh, that's a different story. <laughs> hey, you ain't tell me that. Like, no. Nah, they so, say Seth may be bought out too. Now see if I can get Seth. Yeah. That's a that's a different dynamic because he he is a lesser version of of. Pat, uh, Pat Bev on defense, but on he, offense, yeah. he's a whole nother level. And he's still not a slouch on defense. Whole nother level. Lake Show. Lake Show, let's make a run for the money. See, here's why I'm conflicted. I want LeBron to win another title because just because he just broke the record, right? But I want CP3 to get one. This is, this is what I would love. We need the NBA. When's the last time KD and LeBron have played against each other? 2000, was it 19? Playoff. 18, right? 19, 18. They haven't played in a game against each other since then. A game? Wow. So if we can get wow. a healthy Sun, a healthy Lakers, the Western Conference Final. That'd be crazy. 
Or and look, let's let's say let's say top four teams. Let's say one versus six, right? Because the Lakers will probably just get a six seed, maybe seven. And let's say we end up playing the Nuggets, and let's say the Clippers end up playing the Suns. And then we either way, if we play the Clippers in the championship, I mean the Western Conference Finals, or we play the Suns in the Western Conference Finals, that's gonna be crazy. That's gonna be crazy. I will say this. I would much rather, as a Laker fan, I would much rather, no matter what it looks like now, if we get Seth Curry, whoever we get, if we get another big and we start to get a nice flow, I do not want LeBron to face KD going into the playoffs. As a Laker fan, right, right. as a guy who likes KD a little bit more than LeBron, that's going to be a great. Because every time, if, 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 the, if the weapons are matched up and, you know, the sidekicks are matched up, and it's just KD, Braun. KD winning that just because he's more lethal as a scorer and he and more active consistently defensively, right? And so, man. But that leaves the Western Conference with all the juggernauts, right? Yeah. But can the we, East is Milwaukee, man. This, I mean, I, I, everybody's talking about the Sixers. The Celtics are, Celtics are 42 and 17 or something like that. Yeah, they are playing they, well. They, and they saying, like, stop playing with us. They saying stop playing. Like, yeah, but they got one looming, looming cloud over the room, man. I forgot all about that, though. I ain't gonna lie to you. It's, it's, it's Tatum, man. Is he gonna show up? You know what I'm saying? He's a he's mm. he's on a he's talent wise, he's on a level like like that of a KD yeah. in terms of what he can do. Yeah. But man, you got like yeah, you just can't let. Uh huh. They added some stuff to him though, so that way. Nah, you know, they added some stuff to the team. Yeah. They had nothing to him. Yeah. Well, he he he's been killing it though, so we're gonna see. I Man, I love it. I love it. So let's get to the All Star Weekend. Let's get this All Star Weekend predictions. All right. Um, I think the three point contest is going to be most exciting, so we're gonna do that one last. Right. Um, they got the skills challenge. I think the skills challenge is a little bit different now. You got like um teams. So there's there's team Antetokounmpo, so Giannis, Thonis, and his other brother Alex. Um, wait, 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 his brothers are in it. Yep, they're in the skills contest. Yep, with him. So don't so, don't don't even say nothing else. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you want to hear it at all, man? Look, just, just make sure this segment of the podcast just black me out. <laughs> I don't even want to hear it. Look, the team there's, there's a team jazz with Jordan Clarkson. Um, Colin Sexton and Kessler, and there's a rookie team of um, Paolo, Jaden Ivey, and Jabari Smith. I don't know. Let me see this. Oh, here we go. Oh, this is this is gonna be great. This is the rule in formats, right? <laughs> Round one, team relay. <laughs> Teams compete one at a time. All players from each team participate in a time relay. All right, each player must complete the course. Thirty-five foot outlet pass. At a moving target from the baseline, complete the pass to move on. You got three attempts. Dribble down court through the moving pylons. Right, it's the traditional one. Shooting the lane. You got corner three point shots. You got to make. All right, the next player starts when he either rebounds the player's shot or receives a play. So I guess they all of them go through the relay together. Right, the second round is team passing. So all three uh, participate together. Uh, they each make a pass at an individual target, and then uh, one player cannot make a consecutive pass, and then there's team shooting, all right? So it sounds like camp. Yeah, that's <laughs> boot mountain camp, right? And now. then the half-court uh, shot is for the tiebreaker, all right? 
Uh, I'm going with the Utah team because it's the home team. That's my prediction for the winner. Mm. Yeah, I'm definitely not going with Giannis. Yeah, yeah. So the rookies got going with Jazz. Yeah, and I think the rookies will come second. Um, But you said the home team. I thought the it's in Salt Lake. Oh, I thought it was in in Arizona. Not a Super Bowl. I'm tripping. Yeah, Super Bowl. Shit, everything should be there. Now, all right, dunk contest. We got Jericho Sims from New York. Um, I don't think you've ever seen Jericho Sims dunk. Mm-mm. Let me show you a little something so you you're not going in blinded. Um, we got Jericho Sims, um, Kenya Martin Jr. You've seen him fly, right? Yeah. Um, Trey Murphy the third um, from where is he from? From New Orleans. Um, and Matt McClung, who got called up to the, um, what's it called? He got called up to the league for the Sixers, right? And it go, that's a dunk that you'll see. That's, that's Jericho Sims, just so you see his athleticism, right? So you got Kmart Jr., well, Matt McClung. I've Mac- seen this kid before. Yeah, Kmart Jr., Matt McClung, Trey Murphy the third, Jericho Sims. Your judges, oh damn, King. <laughs> Here are your judges: Jay Crawford, right? Lisa Leslie, Harold Miner, Dominique Wilkins, Carmelo. <laughs> How the hell, Carmelo getting that? Hey, look, Carmelo was actually hosting a party in Salt Lake City too. I ain't go. I ain't go. What? I saw the flyer. He was hosting a party. They had him on the flyer, man. Yeah, man. But you can't go to Utah and not because oh, you, you gonna call John out. Like, but who you, who you got winning? I'm going. I'm going. Um, I'm going Kmart Junior. Oh, is Kevin Porter Junior in it? Oh, Kmart Junior. I'm going Kmart Junior. Mm. Yeah. Man, I, see, I don't even know. Don't even care. Mac Mac McClung says he got two dunks that people have never seen before. He might, he might have. He got a little something with it. Like, come on, man. Like, I hate even getting, I can't even get hyped for the dunk contest when the superstars ain't in it. Yeah. Like, you know, we need Zion. We need LeBron. We, we need Ja. Yes, we need those guys. I need Zach. Man, yeah. Donovan Mitchell. Zach, don't give me, I, I give yeah, him his credit, credit because he's already been in him it. Him Aaron Gordon. You know what I'm saying? You, you guys did your thing. But damn, man, we need the superstars in it. Yeah. Like, even the All-Stars, like, when Jay Richardson was in it, yeah. when, when B. Diddy was in it, T-Mac was in it early. Like, that's, that's a they long had, they had buzz around it. Man. Yeah. Okay. Even Richard Jefferson was a, was a stud in the league, and he was in it. Like, different vibe. I'm going Kmart Jr., though. Um, Three-point contest. This is the one I think is going to be fire. Who's in there? All right. So... Um, Anthony uh, Simons was in it from the Trailblazers, but he got he injured his ankle, and so Julius Randle is replacing him. Okay. All right. So here we go. We got Tyrese Halliburton, Tyler Hero, Buddy Hield, Kevin Huter, Damian Lillard, Laurie Markkinen, Julius Randle, and Jason Tatum. You take out Tatum and Randle. This gonna be lit. This listen. This is this is this is as as they say. These these dudes got burners. <laughs> they got burners, and so I'm going. I'm going with Dame Dollar because I'm a Dame guy. I'm a Dame guy. But Buddy Hill leads the league and made three pointers, and he's 
Like, I think he's up by like 50. Like, he got like 254 makes already. Yeah. And I may be low on that count. He's putting them up. Though. Yeah, and he and ain't. I'm, I can't go with Dame in this because it ain't big. It ain't Dame time. <laughs> <laughs> but he hasn't won one yet. Yeah, That's Dame. why I think it's going to get him because he hasn't won one yet. Yeah. And I know it's getting to him. It, so. ain't, it ain't Dame time. He ain't winning it. <laughs> it ain't enough pressure on him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm going to go with. um. I probably go with Kevin Herter. Ooh, the reason is because that's that's all he does. Ooh, I heard I heard Jay Crawford say the same thing. That's all he does. Yeah, I like Buddy. I like Tyler Hero too. Hero, like he, he's more off the bounce though. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? yeah. He's but, another one. He but, ain't spotting up. Yeah, I'm I'm going Dame still though. I'm going Dame. Dame, you add that to the resume. But I like I said, I think this get out, way, Dame. Yeah, I think this is gonna be fired up. Get out, Dame. All right, All Star Game. NBA All-Star game. Who you got as your MVP? All right. And let me let me make sure I pull up the roster. Yeah, roll down the roster for me. All right. Um, and you know they still got to do the draft stuff. And they're going to draft before the game, I think. And the, yeah, they, they're the going to they're gonna draft directly before the game. And the best players go last. Yeah, so they're going to do the reserve players first. Yeah, which, by the way, I think is is a little soft. Super soft. Because, you know, <laughs> you, you make $20 million a year, you're the last person picked for, the, yeah. for the all-star game. And it's different this year. Rudy, you, Rudy Gobert not playing. What so you crying for? Rudy Gobert not playing this time, so they ain't got to worry about hurting nobody feeling. Right. <laughs> and so here we go, right? We got Joe Mazzullo. Missoula coaching in, in um, the South, uh, the East. Okay. Mike Malone for the West. All right. And so starters, you got Giannis, Braun, Luca, Joel Embiid, Kyrie, Donovan Mitchell, Lloyd Marketing, John Morant, Nikola Jokic, Jason Tatum. Um, and you got KD, who's injured and not playing. Um, Steph Curry, who's injured and not playing. Zion, who's injured and not playing. Um, and you got Bam, you got Jalen Brown, you got DeMar DeRozan, Tyrese Halliburton, Drew Holiday, um, Julius Randle, and Siakam, who is an injury replacement. Um, you got DeMar Sabonis, Damian Lillard, Jaron Jackson Jr., SGA, uh, Paul George, and then De'Aaron Fox and Anthony Edwards, who are both injury replacements. Mm. What you going? And now... SGA is averaging 36 and 5. That's what I was about to say his name because he's going to try to make a splash. I, and and, I, and listen, he, he is so damn cold. Braun lost his game break, scoring champ breaking whatever game because of SGA. Yeah, okay. You remember, he, after the long break, you stopped it to celebrate. He's like, all right, I'm still getting 35. <laughs> listen, I like it. Um, so who you got for MVP, man? I'm gonna go either SGA or Ja. Mm. Yeah, because ja, you know, because people have been going at Ja a little bit, and and some of that stuff is you know, yeah, is you know, is warranted. But I think he just has something to prove, and you know, he wants to shut everybody up. Oh, I got I gotta send you a uh, I gotta show you his new signature shoe and how they dropped it off. Yeah, they got this all-star one. He got a signature shoe, fire. But I got to show you the, the all-star The first one he had this year was nice. Yeah, the colorways. They dropped new colorways for him now. And so, um, go ahead, check this out. What OG looking at that. I am going to say, I'm either going with Kyrie or SGA. 
Um, I think, I think when we talk about getting everybody together for the greatest pickup game ever, I don't think anybody outdoes Kyrie Irving on that court. Um, but then, you know, Bron is always a sleeper because Bron may be like, I want to be the oldest all-star MVP winner ever. <laughs> you know, so Ooh. I'm looking at Bron, Kyrie, and, and SGA. And, and then you see, look at that. That's why you go with Nike over everybody Listen. else. <laughs> that's, not, that's Nike giving him the shoe like, like that with the chain and everything. There's... There's other shoe companies. Yes. And then there's Nike. Yes, man. And mm. so, and then uh, I'm going team Bron because Bron picks way better teams. He's been torturing Giannis. <laughs> Giannis said he got to finally beat it. But I'm going team Bron. And I'm my three options for MVP are, um, let me re rephrase. It's Kyrie, SGA, and Paul George. I'm sorry. Mm, yeah, okay. PG. PG. Yeah. Yeah. So those, those are my three. And so. Man, so that's it for us today, guys. Hold on, hold on. Oh, does Giannis have his brothers on the All Star team? Nah, oh, okay. Man. Just chill, saying, out, you chill out, chill out. <laughs> hey, man, Giannis, you're doing a great thing. Nepotism at his finest. Man, man, come on. But listen, All Star Edition <clears throat> basketball talk. You know, we here episode 13, I believe. Um, man, you know how we wrap it up. Make sure you guys check in to the All-Star Weekend, too, though. That's going to be fun. We're definitely going to wake up in the morning and, and check it out. But, OG, how we drop it off, post-game wrap-up. I'll be short and sweet. Um, you get out what you put in. Mm -hmm. And this goes for our guys at Hoop Mountain Dubai. Um, you know, we just had a lengthy practice the other day with our U16 boys. And um, some of our you know, more established players, more experienced players were a little late. And yet, um, you know, they're supposed to be the guys leading the way. And yet they're, you know, not consistent in, with, in their work all the time. But, you know, they're extremely disappointed when we fall short, you know, in a, in a game or, or whatnot. And so, you know, you can't get out, you know, something that you want in a positive way if you don't put any work in. Hmm. And you know, and, and just just remember that you know, going forward, you know, you want you want positive results. You gotta put in that positive work every day. You know, you still may not get what you want at the end, but you'll be able to sleep better at night knowing you gave everything you got. Yeah, you just don't want it to be thinking that you're the reason why it didn't happen. Right. I gave all I could, so if it didn't happen, it wasn't supposed to. Right. Right. And so, um, I'm going with uh, we let's let's continue as we grow. Um, to value our time with our loved ones and our experiences more than anything else. Um, I just had a talk with a friend, just turned 30, um, and last year was a rough year for him. Lost his grandparents, lost some people that was close to him. So I, you know, I asked him what he was doing for his birthday, and he was like, man, for real, I just want to kick it with the bros, watch the All-Star game, get a nice dinner, you know, because that's where it's at. And... Um, as we get older, you guys have heard Coach talk about it all the time. Check in with the people that you love, um, even when you think that they, you know, they're all good, but still check in and make it consistent. As we get older, you start to realize what is more important, and you can't buy back time. <laughs> you can't get that back, and those experiences that you have with your loved ones, the experiences you have just enjoying something new, let's let's value those. You know, so so time and experiences, you know, let's let's value those. Um, let's make a, a, a consistent effort to um enjoy it. 
you know so i like that i like that so here for that being said who mountain dubai who mountain dxb find us on instagram TikTok, online everywhere who mountain.ae check in with us btg nation we appreciate you let's keep going let's keep growing and as you guys know keep it real keep it simple and keep going player and coach the brother the brother they both got views that you need to discover from sports current events to just life talk whether you on a fast break or a nice walk gotta tune in you already know g this btg nation and you wanted the homies just tune in you already know g btg nation the other ones in the nosebleeds